You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you so very much for joining me. Tonight, we have the Sasquatch of Boston Spa and the Jack Daw Craig's experience. Now, many years ago, as many of you know, I experienced something impossible that started this whole journey for me. It took around 25 years for me to find validation in the form of a witness prepared to go that extra mile and report their experience too. That opened up a wealth of witnesses, which in turn gave me an understanding of a possible route of direction along along the Earl River Valley. To be able to bring the same validation to other people has really been my main objective all along. I am no nearer to working out what they are or why we see them, but I am starting to believe on some occasions the encounters are not so coincidental. Maybe I did not see my eight man by mistake. Maybe it was not me being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And a more planned episode to make me aware of his presence for some reason. It certainly never left me. And all these years on it has a profound effect on my life and the way I present myself in certain company. In many ways, I will always be looking for validation. And I feel like I have to apologise for having the encounter on an almost daily basis. And that was completely out of my control. And that was, you know, there was nothing on my part that wished for that. So way back in the early days, a friend reunited on Facebook. There were many witnesses to these creatures looking for other people. Back then, I did not use my own name for fear of ridicule. I had a pseudonym. I was Debbie Wildman then. And when I researched, that was the name that I used. But slowly... Over the years, my skin got thicker and the sceptics bothered me less and less. People quite often quote me as being the first Brit to speak out on their encounter with an impossible creature here in the UK. But I'm not. I may be one of the early speakers and I might shout louder than most people, but there were people far braver than I. The next account happened as early as 1998 and the gentleman in question later recorded a show with Sasquatch Chronicles in the early 2000s, before the show was a well-known name. I thought he was incredibly brave to do that and speak out as he did, um, as I wasn't brave enough to at that point. So for me to be able to bring him some validation after all these years has been a joy. It was watching him record and listening to the replies in the comments from people here in the UK that had witnessed the same creature as us. It was one of my very early witnesses bases to be honest 
And from that, the whole BBR team and becoming a member of a community of witnesses and like-minded people just grew from that. So tonight, I'm overjoyed to bring you the original account and a secondary account that came into BBR in August of this year, 2019. And these strange events all took place within a radius of three miles of each other. Now, many of you who've been out to the meets will have heard me speak about this encounter before, but I only ever gave a very brief description of it. And I wanted to bring it to you in the gentleman's own words. And I have spoken to both of the witnesses uh, this week up to yesterday and they were fine with me going ahead and sharing. So, as I say, the, bi the Bigfoot of Boston Spa, the sighting happened around 1988 or 1989. Okay, guys, I'm going to tell you about my Bigfoot encounter. It's taken me a long time to come forward with, hap with what happened to me that day. But I feel that I'm ready to finally tell it all. It happened years ago, in the month of October, back in 98. Myself and my family lived in a rural area of Yorkshire in a village called Branham. It is a countryside area with lots of farms, a quarry and some rivers and streams. I like to walk my dog around the lanes and the tracks when I finished work of an evening as it was a way for me to wind down and get some air. On that particular evening, I'm out walking with my dog down a long farm track, a route that we often take. It was early evening, so it was about 8pm and it had gotten dark. And myself and the dog just walking along. I let the dog off the lead so he could have a run as we were about half a mile up the single track by then and there was no animals or people around so I just let him off to have a sniff around. As I walked the dog, the dog's just doing his own thing and it's quiet with no signs of anyone around. I was enjoying the walk. There are hedges on both sides of the track the whole way so it is hard to see clearly into the fields on either side of them and there are some woods to one side of me as I'm walking. As we walked even further along the track, the dog, the dog suddenly stops. He freezes and he looks up the track in the direction we're walking. He must be aware of something up there as he starts growling and acting all strange. His echoes are up and he growls continuously. At that point, I'm thinking it must be a fox, which is the way he's acted before if we came across one. So I'm looking at the track to try and see the fox. I can't see anything anywhere. No fox, no cat, no any other animal. I can see how worked up he is, as now he's going mad and he's barking loudly. But I can't see why he's mad. I carried on walking, so by this point he was a short way behind me. So I turn to the dog and I try to calm him down, but he won't stop. If anything, he's getting worse. Something has really spooked him. So I turn to look up the track and I couldn't believe my eyes. Standing there, looking at us, was this thing. A massive creature was stood there looking back in our direction. It must have walked between eight to nine footsteps out onto the field track before I'd even seen it. And now I can see it clearly and it can see us. At this point, I'm in complete shock at what I'm seeing. And I kept thinking, it can't be real. I honestly don't think my brain could process what I was seeing. Because standing there in the field track was a huge creature of some kind. It was massively built. It was about five foot wide across the shoulders and about eight feet tall. I couldn't make out any facial features as the face was in shadow. 
but I could make out that it was covered in hair. It was standing about 30 metres away from me, so I could see it clearly, but I could not make out any features, even from that distance. It made no sound, and I never smelled or heard anything. To my disbelief, at that moment, the dog runs straight towards it. The dog's barking as he runs in its direction, but the dog stopped about 15 metres away from this thing. And he was clearly scared and he just didn't know how to react. He had completely forgotten about me. And that's the first for my dog. Usually he would put my needs first. And maybe that's what he was doing as he's now in between me and this creature. But I could tell I was the last thing on his mind at that point. The dog barks a few more times. Then he turns and he runs straight past me, back up the farm track to safety the way we'd come in. No doubt now you can imagine how stunned I was. The whole incident had lasted only seconds and I was just stood there paralysed, trying to process what I'd just seen. I must have been in shock because what I did next, I did without conscious thought and I can't explain why I did it. But as I'm stood there looking at this creature, I nod my head quickly and I say, alright, to it. And I know that's crazy, but that's what I did. Then I just calmly turned around and just started walking back down the field track after my dog. All the time listening for this creature coming up behind me. I was completely to myself. I think I acted without thinking as I never looked back up the track until I got to the dog. And I couldn't see anything in the field anymore when I did look back. I didn't report this for years and years until other people came forward in secret and started to share their accounts online with each other. I had no idea what Bigfoot was back then. Now, years on from seeing them online, I can say without doubt that it looked like it was an exact match. Now, I've spoken to the witnesses on numerous occasions, and up to yesterday, actually, and I did get in touch this week to let him know another person had come forward from the same area. And if you look at the screen grab included, uh, there's a map there and it's only a few fields between them. Like I say, I think it came out at four kilometres, which is round about 2.8 miles. And I did also manage to get a few minor details to add to the first statement. I asked if the dog spooked easily or was highly strung, but the dog's never acted like this before. And it was used to walking the fields and woods and it had encountered most of the natural UK animal wildlife. Now, the creature in question was a similar shape to the usual Sasquatch shape that you see. And we had a look at lots of pictures and he picked out the silhouette, the kind of Sasquatch silhouette that you see. And it was tall with broad shoulders. It had a huge chest and it was hair covered. The face was in shadow, so no features were seen. But there was an interesting tidbit when I asked him about the facial feature. The witness said he realised now that the creature did look left into the tree line. It looked left very sharply as if trying to hide the movement, which made me wonder if it was a group or a clan back in the trees and the one individual that he spotted was caught out in the field or it was a scout or an alpha male maybe. I wonder if this creature was an accidental sight in the sighting of the creature as the gent and the dog walked upon some unsuspecting family group or was the creature waiting there to be seen? to be seen by this one particular person as they have some ability to pick up on the creature or something unique about him that enabled him to see something clearly that others would not. 
Was it looking back to save family members or was it being commanded by something hiding in those trees? Just to look at similar sightings in the area and you will find two further Bigfoot accounts and also reports of red eye shine in the woods and even one report of a red-eyed bear at Skipworth and an audio account of a series of strange howls recorded in the area. Now there are large footprint finds and a number of creatures have been spotted as you follow the watercourses out of the area. So you could go off to the Archer Dales where the werewolf and the dogman tales abound. A little to the southeast, you'd hit Old Stinker's Manor. If you head northwest, you'd come up with the Salford Wildman and the Irwell Route. Or you'd take a southwest direction and you hit the Wildman in the Peak District. And from there, you can access it all anywhere in the UK, really, by skirting towns. It was with the first witness chatting with him that we realised that I could get to his sighting area without hitting a major town. As back then, we only had 11 accounts on the map. But you could move easily from one to another unseen quite easily. And that's when we pegged the term Green Corridor. We didn't know back then that the golf courses and the river courses, railway lines and the national bike routes would come into play. Back then, we just had to see if we could get from one area of the other, say, at dusk or dawn without being seen. And we really did find that we could. So most people miss them like completely walk by them, never notice them, yet some people hone in on them. And I don't know, but there are questions that I think we should be asking as to why this happens to certain people. With some people, it's a one-off sighting. It never happens again. They've never had anything happen before and nothing ever happens afterwards. But with others, it seems to be with people that have... um a kind of history of strange or paranormal events. Some of them have seen spirit before, some of them have witnessed UFOs. And I wonder if they work on a different vibrational level. Do or that we have interest to them for some reason because of this? I don't know, it's, but it's just one of the questions that I want to put out there because I'm learning the same as you guys. I don't know any more. We're all kind of learning as we go and I've barreled my research into such a small area that I've never really looked at any of what people call the alternative subjects and I think that's very important that I get some kind of grounding in that because I need to be to help more people I have to know more about the subjects that they are interested in and I am finding a correlation between the two so I'm very interested in knowing your thoughts on it what do you think do you think people see them by accident or do you think certain people attract them in some way or shine out a light like a beacon so they can be seen in some way? Here's the second account from the area, and I'm very grateful for the gentleman who got in touch. Um, I was speaking to him today, actually, and he says, Hello, Debbie. Until recently, I thought that Bigfoot and the dogman type creatures being reported was something that happened only in North America. I'm a history nut, and I'm surprised I had not made the connection from the green man to the wild men of medieval times, often called the wood wolves or the wood roofs, to the Sasquatch Bigfoot creatures that people see now. But then, by chance, I read some accounts on Facebook and it dawned on me that my, I may have had an experience also. In fact, I may have had two, but I'll get on to the second one later. Knowing now the habits and behaviours and hearing the accounts, it's made me reevaluate a situation that's puzzled me for years. I live in Boston Spa, 
near a place called Weatherbrammon, which is a small village next to the River Wharf in Yorkshire. I grew up on a council estate called West End, and it was your typical new build, lots of greenbelt land, and it was next to the river. In fact, you can walk from Weatherby through to Boston, then on to Tadcaster, all the time sticking close to the riverbank. And walking along the riverbank, you see that it is bordered by agricultural land and old woodlands and limestone cliffs and a deep, treacherous river valley. Something to note that Deborah suggested before, where we have limestone, we have cave systems. So this area could have many of them. As a kid, myself and my friends would go into a small wooded valley called Jackdaw Crag. I had a look on the map earlier. And there is a quarry at Jackdaw Crag. And many people know that quarries seem to play in somehow to the wild man. And we would go down there and we would play for hours and hours. It used to be covered in bluebells and it had little earth paths going all over it that crisscrossed and went down to the riverside. And if you were lucky, you could in summer see kingfishers at work and watch the fish leaping out of the water. It was the perfect place to play. In my teens and in summer, I went for a walk and I just wandered around down to the river's edge. I sat on a bench that's long since eroded away and just watched the river as dusk came and it just slowly became evening. I sat quietly, just on my own, not really moving at all. I remember hearing the odd breaking of branches and I just ignored it. I thought it was a small wild animal or something. As at that time, I had never heard of Bigfoot. I wasn't worried or spooked and to be honest, I had all but ignored it. But then I had that awful feeling that I was being watched. It just comes over you suddenly and you are aware that you are suddenly not alone. I was being watched by someone or something that I could not see. I could not. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not shake the feeling. And I knew with certainty that I wasn't alone. And I could feel a hair on my neck stand up. I felt uncomfortable. And I started to notice a really bad smell. Like wet wool and muddy water. Water that stagnated or sat for a long while or something like that. At first I blamed it on the river as it's been a really hot summer this year and the river levels were very low down. So I thought it was just that. But that awful feeling of something watching me remained throughout, so I decided to go home. I could have gone up the steep path and walked the woods to the housing estate, which was quicker. But for some reason I felt I had to go the way I'd come in to the area, so that's what I did. As I retraced my my steps, the path was very wide and open. And even in the twilight, I would be able to see anything or anyone who was standing along it or walking towards me. I kept hearing noises to my left-hand side. Whatever was watching me that evening seemed to be shadowing me. And I quickly left the wood and got to the road as fast as I could, which ran eventually to a remote farm and on past the housing estate in the other direction. It freaked me out and I've never set foot in Jackdaw Crag since that day. I could not make head nor tail of that event. 
I didn't know what it was and I didn't see anything out there. I felt scared and silly at the same time. If you followed the river going towards Weatherby, you go through lots of woodland and fields, some of which were never utilised and allowed to go wild. So if you follow the route, you eventually come to a place called Flint Mills. And when I went there before the Jackdaw Crag encounter, I spoke to an elderly couple who were really friendly and they showed me the mill workings and the water wheel at the old water mill there. They took me to a place and they showed me a small painting of a young woman. And they couldn't tell me a name and it was only a small picture and it was placed in an upstairs window. Now the story known to the couple and the one that they shared with me was a really sad tale. Apparently in the early 1800s the daughter of the miller had vanished and was never seen again. And the folk said that she was taken by a kelpie or a water demon that lived in the river. So they said, you know, whether the poor girl had slipped into the water falling in the river and drowned, I'm not sure. And we cannot say one way or another, but her body was never found. I tell you the story because in reading up on the old wild men stories, there are similar tales from around the country where maidens disappear. And I'm curious as to why they blame the death on a water demon or a kelper. Now to my second possible encounter. I was intrigued to find a sighting in Bramham, Yorkshire that you shared where a gentleman and his dogs, the Sasquatch type creature on the farmland there. Could you get in touch with him or share my contact details if possible as I would love to find out whether it was east of Brannan on the Toolston Road that leads to Tadcaster or on the west of Bramham which leads to Wooderson. Both areas are remote farming areas and there are very few houses. If it is this on the west of Bramham then I think it could be part of a green corridor down in that area that they may use, he says. And the route divides into two just before uh, Wooderson which is a couple of houses in the middle of nowhere. And it's the long wooded area, with this, which is a shortcut. It has a narrow mud path which leads halfway between Boston Spa and Collingham. And again, it goes through a route of mostly farmland and woods to the River Wharf. There is also a quarry named Jackdaw Quarry and a number of small streams and farm drainage ditches. Now, the other corridor is a wooded area called Hetchel Woods near Bardsey which can also lead to the river wharf. Hetchel is a protected wood with a flowing stream and it's classed as ancient woodland. And I've spoken to the people who have permission to do all sorts of woodcraft things there and they've never noticed anything unusual. But as the man said, they weren't really looking for anything out of the ordinary. Um, so when they're in there, they always go in in groups of two or more. So he would keep an eye on the place. On the day of my second experience, I continued along um, that muddy track I'd mentioned earlier, which got narrower and the hedges were taller and there was a noise on the other side of the hedge. I couldn't see anything through the hedgerows and then I heard another noise on the other side of the hedge again. I was convinced I was being followed again as the noises followed me the further down I went. I just presumed it was a cow or a sheep at the time. But thinking back, whatever it was, it was making sure it was heard. Now, that's not the normal behaviour of an animal. I got to a point where the Roman road was blocked by undergrowth and I could not get any further, which was a pity, because I had wanted to get to the river. If I got to the river, I would have seen where the Roman road met a Roman fording place, which is a crossing place. So I turned back and again the noises started and continued till I reached the Tadcaster Boston Road. 
Could this have been a wild man seeing me off the territory? Or was it cattle? And cattle are timid and would hardly make um, themselves known or break branches or keep pace with me. And honestly, in my opinion, as Deborah, cattle make an awful lot of noise. Because <laughs> when you're camping, oh God, can you wear them? Um, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was an over-active imagination on my part, perhaps, he says. But it did feel very similar to my early experience at Jack Crag. Now, I honestly believe that our natural and man-made waterways are possible travel routes. So if we're dealing with a creature that is purely flesh and blood, as you can see from the image here, our canal systems alone cover most of the UK. And if you're listening on the podcast, it is on the actual thumbnail of the episode. So if we add into that, all of these are just canals. If we add into that natural rivers, streams, burns and becks, we have a very easy travel route with food sources all along the route. And that's before we look at our underground natural water courses. Have many of them flow beneath our feet each day without even knowing. It's funny what goes on around you that we never even notice. I just wonder how many people in this area have a similar set of experiences or events. When I sat out on this journey way back in the last century, little did I know one day the UK would become a place that not only accepted our impossible encounters, but for some people would encourage the sharing of them. Making it a safe place to share is a dream come true for me. And I hope one day, like the witnesses to alien creatures or alien craft, or the people who see spirit and energy, it is accepted and that we are accepted, that we are telling the truth. We saw something, we didn't ask to see it, but we saw it nonetheless. And I think it's time we stop apologising to people for seeing these creatures and we start pushing forward and finding as many other people out there as possible who are stuck in the same way as us, always questioning themselves, always reliving the event in your head, sending it round and round and round, trying to pick it to pieces in the hopes that one little clue will give you an answer. There's a lot of us now. And when I say a lot, I mean there are hundreds. And that's just witnesses to the actual creatures themselves. If you add in all of the people that hear strange audios or this actual this shadowing that happens, you'll hear it over and over again as I continue with the podcast. Sometimes people are shadowed and then they see the creature cross the path in front of them or run very quickly behind them. So the fact that we think sometimes they may skirt behind you as you go into the woods. So always be careful when you're out there. Don't be lackadaisical. Make sure you tell someone where you're going and what time you should be back. Because there is a kind of stalking behaviour that happens. There are many, many accounts. One jumps to mind instantly in the Lee Valley and it was Nick and he was walking to his friends. And he heard something on those embankments that was shadowing his walking. And it growled at him. And a natural animal here that growls wouldn't really start you. They'd head in the opposite direction. But if it was just that one case, we could say that that's Deborah putting 10 and 10 together and making a thousand. But it isn't. If you look at Clay Lanes, there I think there are around seven accounts now of this shadowing walking creature that goes at the side of people. I know that South Ray Woods, we have an account like that where the gentleman and his wife felt like they were escorted from the area. And they come up time and time again, and I don't know what to call them. Some people call them in, invisible life forms. And I think that's because we can't see what is making the noise. 
it could be paranormal or dimensional or alien or flesh and blood. We just don't know. So we're dealing with this massive puzzle and trying to put it together. So for me, I'm just going to accept all accounts that come in and we're going to look at them. And if they don't make sense to us, that doesn't matter. We weren't there that day. We were not standing next to that witness. What's important is the witness has a voice because somewhere out there, someone will recognise something and it gives validation to both of them. Then when this happens, and you think in my town there are seven people, we've all seen this strange creature who all now know about each other. But as in the case in Stanley near Beamish in the northeast, I was I talked to Chris Hope about this a lot. In that very small section, there are around uh, I think there are five witnesses now to this strange ape-like ancient caveman as is described. But each one of those witnesses don't know about each other or they didn't know about each other until they became members of BBR. And it was only when we popped them on the members map that we realised that we had quite a cluster of people who not only were witness to something or experienced something, had a real genuine interest in this subject and had studied it for years and years, but couldn't account for why they were attracted to the subject itself. And that brings me back to my original question. Are all of these encounters by accident or are, I'm just going to ask because people want to put it out there, are certain people being contacted for a reason? And I'll leave that one with you for tonight, but we will cover it again in a later episode. And if you've got any information on this and you would like to sit and record with me, um, you don't have to go on screen. We can just do it audio-wise. And you can help us or fill us in with some information that you know. I and the others would be entirely grateful. And we're reaching out now to the paranormal world, to people in the UFO community, because we can't answer all of the questions. And I think you guys understand what it's like to be witness to something that you just cannot explain. So until next time, thank you very much. Good night, everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.